the Olympic Games is the culminating event that epitomizes the dream of every athlete. However, the process of getting there involves much more than most people realize. Listen to today's guest to learn about her journey to her Olympic debut, how she navigated her first Olympic experience during a pandemic, how her mindset shaped her outlook on the games, and how she is finally enjoying the college experience she has worked so hard for. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Benched. This is your host, Jules Makia, with our wonderful guest, Arnza Vasquez. Thank you so much, Arnza, for joining us. Arnza's an Olympian. She just got back from Tokyo and she's a diver at UNC. So feel free to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Hello everyone, yeah, my name is Aranza. This is my second year here at UNC. I'm a sophomore. And yeah, I'm a diver. I've been doing it for the past 15 years now. I started when I was four. So it's been a long time and I'm having so much fun here at UNC. So it's been great. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's perfect to start my first question. So you've been doing it for 15 years. So how did you get into diving at such a young age? And what's the story behind that? So it's kind of like a funny story. My aunt, uh, I have an aunt, uh, like my mom's sister, that had a lot to do with me being a diver because she had a hair salon uh, right next to my kindergarten. So in the afternoons, I went to her salon and she had a friend. He was from Cuba and he was always there at her salon. So he saw me once and saw that I had like the qualities or like the the body type to be a, a diver. So he asked my aunt and my mom if I wanted to be a diver, like if they were okay for me, like to go to the diving team and try. At the beginning, my parents were like, no, you're not gonna be a diver. I don't remember this. Like now I asked them and they were like, yeah, we didn't think you were gonna be a diver. Like we thought about any other sport, but diving was never in our mind. We never thought about it. Uh, but then they want me, they wanted me to learn swimming just for like the necessity of swim. I went to a summer course with, uh, this coach. He taught me how to swim. And then he asked me if I wanted to go to diving and my parents were like, okay, we'll try it. And I stayed there. I just like, they, my parents saw that I enjoyed it, that I loved being there. And then I was like, I had a lot of energy when I was a kid. Now I don't have any, <laughs> but like when I was a kid, I was so energetic and I was always running and stuff. So like my parents were tired all the time. So like they were okay, just like go get tired and then come back home. But I stayed there. They, they saw that I enjoyed it. I started to do good in competitions. I started to do good in my dives. I started to be one of the best in my team and they support me a lot. But that's the story. Like my aunt was like, yeah, try it. And my parents were like, no, we're not trying. <laughs> and here we are 15 years later. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> Hey, it worked out. Thank goodness for your aunt. I saw you have a brother also, and he's a diver. How did he get into it? Same type of story, or is he younger, older than you? He's younger than me. He's 16. He's also a diver. I think he started when he was four or two, but I think he it was because he saw me. Same thing. He had like the body type to be in, in diving. My coach saw him. And first he learned how to swim and then he started diving and he loved it. We we started to go to competitions together. We started to be closer. So we enjoyed it together and he loved it. He's one of the best divers too. No, like I'm proud of him. He's so good. And he's also planning to come to, to UNC. He's, he's having a recording trip in November. So we'll see him around. <laughs> oh, you think he'll come here? I hope so. He wants business. So... 
he's so good at mathematics. Like he was to start a business and UNC has the best business school, one of the best business schools. So he'd probably come here. But if he wants to go anywhere else, that's fine too. Like I just want him to have the same opportunities that I'm having. Yeah, oh, that's so cute. That would be so adorable if he went here as well. There's two sisters that were on my team when, when I rode, and they were adorable. So that kind of leads to my next question, too. What made you want to come to the United States for school from Mexico? And then more specifically, why did you want to come to UNC? So for the United States, I always... My father always told me that if I kept my grades up and, like, a good GPA, and I started doing better in diving or keep doing what I was doing I could get a scholarship in whatever place in the world but like one of the best places for like student athlete thing it's the United States so the idea was always there um then I started to do good in Pan Ams that I started to go to world championships and coaches from here from the U.S. started to like seeing me so Gamboa is a is a coach the diving coach here and he was first like three years ago he was in Missouri he invited me to go to Missouri and, and just like meet the team. Same thing, like recruiting trips, uh, get to know the school a little bit. And he's Cuban in my life. I've always practiced with Cuban coaches, always. I don't know, like Cubans are in my life since I was like four years old. So it's what I know, you know, like I know they all have like the same school of teaching, the same school of coaching. So that was something that I really liked it. And also like that time my English wasn't the best. So I was like, okay, if I get to the US and my English isn't the best, I have someone to like go to. So that was one of the reasons. And after, so 2018, I went to the world championships, the junior world championships, and that competition gave the countries the spots for the Joe's Olympic Games that same year in in Argentina. So I went to that competition. I won, I got sixth and seventh, and I won the the spots for Mexico to go to the Young Olympics. I knew it was the spot for Mexico, but at the same time, I was the only one in my uh, at my age that qualified to the final. So I was like pretty sure that they were gonna send me. At the end, they didn't. They sent someone else to the Olympics. That was so bad for me. I almost quit diving. I was so depressed. Like it was such a heartbreaking moment for me. But then. Wait, how old were you when that happened? Was uh, 16. It was so bad. Like I literally almost quit diving because I was so disappointed because I worked so hard for that. And I was the only one at my age that qualified for the finals. So it was so heartbreaking. And they took someone else in your spot, correct? Yeah. Wow, that's so weird. Did they just like want to send somebody with more experience, even though that person didn't qualify? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that happened. And that same year, Gamboa asked me to go to Missouri for my recording trip. And that was the only thing that kept me on diving. The opportunity of getting out of Mexico, like the opportunity of having a better education, because like the thing in Mexico, we have good schools we have good universities and stuff but it they don't have the system that they have here so it's like either you're a student or you're an athlete you cannot do both because like in the school they're gonna fail you and you're not gonna do good in diving if you stop diving because you're in school 
So they had the, this opportunity. That, that's what kept me in, in diving, like having the opportunity of coming here, having the opportunity of getting out of Mexico because the, the system in sports is not the best. It was a lot of stuff, you know, like what my father said to me and what happened that year with the Youth Olympics. Both things kept me from coming here, like, like kept me in diving. And then coming to UNC, uh, Gamboa transferred from Missouri. He came here. I came to a recruiting tree because he was interested in having me. And I just fell in love with the team here. The team is great. Everything is so beautiful here. I love the campus. I love my teammates. It's so good. Like, I'm glad that I chose coming here because it's so good. I'm having so much fun. And it was everything. They had the, the major that I wanted. I'm studying exercise and sports science. So it's just like everything worked out. And, and I love it here. Like, I'm so glad that I, that I came here. Yeah, I feel like I'm pretty biased, but I think UNC is the best best place in the country. So yeah, hence why I'm staying around for a couple more years. But I'm curious too, obviously, you know, it's challenging to go to college. It's even more challenging to be an international student. And then it's even more challenging to do all of this during a pandemic. So what has it been like having to speak in your in a second language? And what has it been like kind of adjusting to college while also dealing with these COVID precautions and you know you can't go home and see your family during a pandemic so how have you coped? So the language was pretty easy I could say so my first semester of freshman year last year last fall I didn't come here um the border was closed I didn't have time to go and do my visa process and stuff so I had to stay in Mexico for my first semester which I think at the end worked out pretty well. It's a lot of changing, like college is so different from high school. And in the middle of a pandemic, it's even harder. So I, I'm glad that I stayed at home because I had my mom there. I had my fa my dad there. Like I have all, I had all my family there to support me. If I needed to stay up late, my mom was with me. Like it was such like it was a better it was the best thing for me to stay there even though i wanted to be here so bad but at the end it was the best thing but then i started to like get used to it something that was really hard for me was writing essays at the beginning it was really hard i had a lot of grammar mistakes the structure of like writing writing essays in the us it's different than in mexico so like i knew how to write essays in mexico but i didn't know how to write essays here which is I'm gonna recommend this class English 101 so good for international students because they teach you a lot about writing essays like it's so good but yeah so it was hard but at the same time it was good and then when I came here I came here in November last year at the at the beginning I was so shy like speaking I didn't like like I swear I didn't like I hated I hated speaking English like in my competitions, I never talked to someone because I didn't like speaking English. I felt so afraid of like making mistakes or like people laughing at me. And then I came here. So I was pretty shy at the beginning. I didn't talk. I just said like a couple of things. If they asked me, I would talk. If they didn't, I would just like keep my mouth shut. Then I started like to have more confidence with my team. I started to make friends. I started to be more confident with myself, with my speaking English. And they were like so impressed that I could speak two languages. So that made that game. Gave me a lot of confidence about my languages, about like speaking both. And it was great. Like I thought I was going to have a more like a cultural shock because of like, of course, it's another country. But I feel like my teammates made it so easy because they were just like 
so happy or like so interested in learning about Mexico, asking me questions about it, like how is it like to be there? How is it like to like being a national in the national team? How is it like to be in other competitions? So that was really good. Like I, I had some, I, I had such a good time adapting to this new school thing. And then when I got here, I think it was easier to do school because like I knew what my teammates were going through, you know, like I was with them. I knew they were like stressing about it as much as I was. They were just doing the same things that I was doing. And I had someone to go talk to. Like I had my teammates, my upperclassmate teammates, so like I could go and talk to them. I had so much help here. So it was easier coming here, having the knowledge of like what was college from home and then coming here I think was easier and I had so much fun that I didn't get homesick at all like before like knowing that I was going to Olympics that I had to go to Mexico for like the whole summer my plan it was going to like go home for a week and then coming back here and never going back again like I didn't want to go home I was having so much fun here but yeah it wasn't it was hard but it was good you know like I'm learning a lot now my essays are getting better like I've been practicing a lot because they make you write a lot here. They they do. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do essays like every single weekend. It's been good. It, it was hard at the beginning, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah, no, it's genuinely so impressive to hear your story. Not only are you going to college, like that's a big deal for anyone anywhere, but you're going to college in a different language than than you grew up in like that is so impressive to me like I don't speak another language I wish I could so let alone like fluently speaking writing reading and applying in another language is just so so crazy to me and it's so impressive and here you are now doing a podcast too um you went from being shy to to doing a podcast yeah here I am (laughs) yeah but now I really want to go into talking about Tokyo So you obviously made the roster for Tokyo. So I'd love to hear start to finish the story. Like, what was it like when, you know, you got the spot again, but this time you you got to go. What was it like? Let's start from the very beginning, getting the spot and then kind of the lead up to the Olympics. Yeah. So it started 2020 before the pandemic. So we had in March, we had the like the qualifying for World Cup which is like in World Cup, at least for diving, I don't know for other sports, like for diving, you go to the World Cup, it's in the same place as the Olympics. So it was in Tokyo too. And you get the spots, like the spots that you're missing for um for your country. So for example, we were missing, I think six spots, six spots. Uh, It was in platform women's, it was in three meter women. Um, I think we were missing some spots in synchro diving I don't remember very well but we were missing some spots so at the World Cup our goal was to like get all of them at those qualifying like that competition I qualified I got second in three meters so I was supposed to go to the World Cup then pandemic started the World Cup was in May this year 2021 and I went there I was the only one competing in three meter women for the spot that we were missing so it was a lot of pressure. I think we were like 43 divers, 40 something or 30. I don't remember, but it was like 40. And I was the only one competing from Mexico. And I had to get the 18th place to get the spot from Mexico. So I was, <laughs> it was a lot of pressure. But at the end, I like put myself together 
And I was just like thinking about like doing what I know how to do or what I've been doing in practice. I had to go to Mexico City and stay there two weeks before the World Cup. So I went there, I think it was like at the beginning of April. I stayed there, then was the World Cup. I got the spot. I went home for like four days and we were supposed to have Olympic trials May 27th. Something like that. At the end, it wasn't until June that we had Olympic trials. So I stayed in Mexico City for like four weeks. Then Olympic trials happened. The funny thing or like the bad thing about those Olympic trials is that it wasn't like you win, you go. It was like, okay, you got first or second, but we still are going to do a meeting to see if you're going to the Olympics or not. That's wild. So even if you finish first you're still like waiting on the edge of your seat to hear if you really got that roster spot yeah exactly so we were waiting I knew I had like this I was in a good position because I was the one that got one of the spots in three meters so I was like okay I got second and I got the spot for Mexico to go to Olympics so like I thought I was in a good spot but still everything could happen in Mexico you know like this (laughs) like the thing that happened three years ago in 2018 so So you were extra nervous. Yeah, I was so nervous. Like I literally, the day before, so I competed Friday and we were going to know the list until Thursday next week. So Wednesday, I couldn't go to bed. Like I was literally shaking. I was so stressed because I knew the next day was the day that I was going to know if I was going to Olympics or not. So I was so nervous. I was really stressed. I got a notification because they don't like they don't call you or like they don't send you a message like they post it on social media. You have to like that's how you find out you find out the same time as everyone else. Kind of. Yeah, we find out all together. So like my coach sent me this this link to Twitter and I was like, oh, my God, this is it. And I open it. I don't even know how, but I found my name in the list. And I just like screamed out of my lungs from my bedroom. I was like, I'm going to Olympics. And my mom was like in the guard, in the, uh, in the backyard. And she was like, open the door, open the door. And she ran to me. And like, I, I was crying, of course. I told my brother, my brother was so happy too. My grandparents live close to us. So like I jumped in the car. I went to their house, put them both together. I was like, I'm going to olympics they started crying i started crying more it was just so real i still cannot believe that i went to olympics you know like it's the dream of every athlete like every athlete that wants to go to olympics and i win it's crazy but it was such a good like feeling to like know that everything because like being in mexico city was really hard for me i didn't have the best relationship with the with the team that was in mexico city the divers that were there i never really talked to them they were older than me i didn't have any of like close friends to me and then i was having like such a good time here with all my friends here with all the people that i really know that i have for support and then I went to Mexico City and I was all alone. I didn't know what was going to happen with Olympic trials. I didn't know what was going to happen with anything. So it was really hard. My mental health wasn't in the best place, but like I knew everything was going to be worth it. And then I was in the list. I was in the in. I had my Olympic spot. 
So I was so happy. I knew that everything was worth it. I went to Mexico City again. And I didn't care going back to Mexico City at that point. Like, I was practicing for the Olympics. I literally didn't care how much time I had to be there. Like, I was going to the Olympics. But yeah, so like, it was such an unreal experience. I still, it still feels like a dream because it was a dream come true. But it, it was, it was so good. It was just like so fun. And my mom, my parents, my family, they all know what I, what I went through to get there. So like, it was just so good. They were so happy for me. Um, like everything was so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I want to hear too about, so you made the team and now it's time to leave for Tokyo. So it's already stressful enough to travel, but now you're doing it during a pandemic. What were the precautions? What were the extra hoops you guys had to jump through just to get over there and get into the village? So first, after we flew, we had to get tested. And I think it was like 96 hours before getting in the plane. And then 72 hours before getting in the plane, something like that. We had to get tested there. We were like in this concentration thingy. Like no one could get in, no one could go out because of the COVID. Like a bubble. Yeah, it was a bubble. And so we were protected, but still like anything could happen, no? It's nerve wracking. Yeah, you never know. Exactly. We never know. I was so I was so stressed of like getting to Tokyo and like so many of my team got positive and all the team is going back to Mexico. Yeah, I mean it happened to it happened to some athletes, right? Like there were a couple. Like Coco Goff, the tennis player, she she had it like and she had didn't even know. Like it's it's crazy and it's sad. People work so hard and then you could get it while you're traveling. You know, you could have gotten it when you're picking up an apple at the grocery store. So Exactly. So it was it was so stressful. Then we got to Tokyo. First, we were told because like the process that they had in Tokyo was like really long. Your accreditation thing was like your visa to get into Tokyo at that point because like, okay, you have your thing for the Olympics, you're allowed to come here. It was really long. So like the first countries that got there were in the airport for like 10 hours because of all this process. It was all like the first time, you know, like these first countries that got there was like the first time they had to get tested, they had to get put together in a place, they had to be in their own bubble while where they were in the in the airport. So like it was really stressful. So we were like, please don't be ten hours in the airport. We're gonna kill each other. Cause like the flight from Mexico, the flight from Mexico to Tokyo was like fourteen hours. Can you imagine getting to Tokyo and having to wait ten more hours? I would die. <laughs> yeah, I did a flight to Australia and it was 1630 I think so I can't imagine like by the time you get there you're like oh my god get me out of the airport now so I can't imagine having to sit there and wait for not even like customs is one thing like that's annoying enough but then having to do the COVID customs and oh my gosh I can't imagine but after you got through that and you got to the village what was it like because I know the Olympic village is one of the best parts of not even Tokyo but every Olympics but you guys were restricted so were you still able to meet people like how did that go? Yeah, we were able to meet people. So like they had the precaution, the precautions. So we had to get tested every every day. The morning we had to do like the saliva thing. So we had a mark in these little tubes, and we had to spill there. It was disgusting because like you couldn't even you couldn't even drink water before before doing it. You just you couldn't brush your teeth. So like it was so bad. I hated it, but like we had to do that every day. But we were able to like meet people. The dining hall was huge. You could see with other countries and it was okay. They had like these plastic things on the table so you you wouldn't 
be like touching their like spilling their gotcha spreading yeah exactly so like they had these precaution these precautions there these plastics but it wasn't bad like i did i didn't have anything to compare with like i didn't know how the olympics felt like how normal they were or not but i didn't think it was that bad at least we could walk in the village we could see with other countries at the dining hall we could be with other countries at the at the bus so like it was good i don't think it was that bad of course it would have been better without a pandemic but like it wasn't that bad <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad it still happened and, you know, you got to go. But did you meet anybody, like, who was your favorite athlete that you met? Was there a role model or somebody that you were, like, really hoping to meet that you got to meet? Yeah, so um, there's a few divers that I've met in other competitions. It wasn't my first time seeing them or, like, talking to them. Well, it was my first time talking to them because, like, what I told you, like, I didn't like speaking English. But now I'm more confident. So, like, I was like, okay, you have to talk to them. So there's this diver. He's from Great Britain and he's Tom Daly. He's just amazing. He won the 10 meter sinker with his, with his partner in these Olympics. Like they go gold medal. Like he's an Olympic champion. It's crazy. He's so nice. He's one of like those person that you see on TV and you're like, okay, he might be a nice guy. Then you met him and it's like, he's the nicest person in this planet he's so nice he's so humble he's so grateful like he's one of those athletes that you see and you're like you already admire them and then you talk to them and you're like oh my god this person is just perfect this (laughs) this this is not real yeah now you respect them even more exactly you respect him even more yeah did you meet any like non-divers like have any other role models like outside of diving or like really famous athletes that you were excited to see or meet? I didn't. I don't know cuz I I really like other sports but I don't I'm not so into them so like I don't have anyone to like oh my god it's him you know like oh it's her. It it was good so I didn't meet any other oh, there wasn't other people outside of diving that I was like oh my god I'm talking to them or like I wanted to talk to them (laughs) I talked to some of the swimmers the last day I talked to some of them they were great I don't remember their names so (laughs) don't ask me I don't remember who they were but like I just know that they were swimmers but no I I like I wasn't excited yeah I saw on the Go Heels Instagram that you met up with the other UNC athletes that were at the games what was that like? Was it like a piece of home almost like to see people from UNC and be like, ah, oh, UNC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were walking. So it was Anton and me. We were walking around the, the village. It was like this little like shopping center. It was little, but it was like fun to go and like look around while I was there. And this girl came to us and she was like, you guys go to UNC, right? And we were like, yeah. And she was like, oh, I'm, I'm going, like, I'm on the, I'm going to try to be in the swimming, in the swimming team. Like, I'm a swimmer. I'm here. Like, I'm going to compete. And I'm trying to, like, get in. Because she wasn't recruited. She was like, I don't know how it's the process, but I think you get on your own at the school and then you could try to be in the team, something like that. So she was like, yeah, this is going to be my second year. I started uh, UNC at home, uh, like online all last year, but I'm going to be there next year. Anton and I didn't know about her. Like we didn't know she was in UNC. So it was so fun to like know, know people that were at UNC was like, okay, so we were, we're not the only ones here. Like we have so much Star Hills being at the Olympics and like we we're meeting people. That was fun. And there's a lot of former Tar Heels too that were at this Olympics. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that on Go Heels, I think. Like a lot of former athletes that went here. So it was crazy. It was like we fell closer to our new home, to like to UNC. And it was so fun. Like, at first we were like, because uh, she asked us like if we were at UNC, we were like, um, yeah. <laughs> and then she started talking and like we, we got so excited. Like Anton got so excited and I was so excited too. Cause like it's, she's in my class. So we were both sophomores. So we were like, Oh, so we're going to be together. We were going to practice together. So it, it was fun. That's so cute. Yeah. I've been seeing her around cause like right now they're finishing Corey natatorium for like rebuild it or like did something to it. So like they're finishing. So we swimmers and divers are practicing separate, but next week we're starting to like practice together again. But I've been seeing her, we've been having like a lot of, not parties, but like a lot of reunions and like all the team, all the girls team, all the team together. So like, it's been great. And she's amazing. She's really nice. And and yeah, the, the experience of like knowing her like at the Olympics was crazy. Like, oh yeah, I met you at the Olympics. <laughs> So what were your goals going into the Olympics? Did you want to place top 10? Like, what was it? And then looking into the future, what are your goals? Do you want to go back to the Olympics? Do you want a medal? Like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Going to the Olympics, I knew I could do good. Like, at the World Cup, I got fourth. And most of the people that were at the Olympics were the same that were at the World Cup. So I knew I could do good. But I wasn't, I didn't go with that pressure of like, oh, you have to win or or you have to be in the top 10 because you were in the top 10 last time you were here. So I was just like trying to enjoy everything as much as I could. Like I was trying to enjoy being in the bus. I was trying to enjoy being in the village, trying to enjoy being at the dining hall, at the pool, in the boards. I was just like trying to get the best the best experience and then enjoy my competitions because I had to do prelims, semis and finals. So it was like enjoy your prelims, enjoy them and then go to the semifinals and enjoy it. Do as much like as best as you can, do what you do in your practices and you're gonna be fine. You go to the finals and then enjoy it and then whatever happens is okay. Like at that point at the finals it's like I have nothing, like literally nothing to do, nothing to lose and a lot to win. So I I was just, I enjoyed so much. I enjoyed every single one of those competitions, like those three competitions. I enjoyed them. I had a great time. I learned a lot, but my my goal wasn't to win the medal. Like my goal was to like enjoy it. I did it. And for the future, I'm excited and I'm so hungry to go to the Olympics and I do better than this year because I know I can be there. Like, I know it's something close and I know this experience of the Olympics now gave me a lot of learning about what to do to be better, what to do with my takeouts, what to do in the air to look prettier for the judges to get more points and stuff. So I learned a lot. I know what I have to do and what I have to work on for the Olympics and I know I can be in the podium so like, I'm so excited for for the next years and that's my goal in in the in the next three years like going to Olympics and then get a better place than this year well I I really just want to praise you for your mindset too I think it's so impressive that you were so present the whole time and I think it's really easy as an athlete to put so much pressure on yourself to the point that you stop enjoying your sport and that you forget that, wow, I'm at the Olympics. You really were like, let me enjoy this moment. Especially, I think, too, the pandemic makes you even more present because you're like, wow, this, I mean, 
was this close to not happening. And there were talks about, like, the day, two days before of them pulling the plug. So props to you for being so present and positive. I, that That's something I really don't hear from a lot of athletes because sometimes, too, the, the pressure you put on yourself doesn't necessarily help you do better. Sometimes it's about being in a good good headspace and being happy and, and being there. And so props to you. That's amazing. And I think that's you know, what's going to make you successful in your long-term career to actually still love and enjoy what you're doing every day. Another thing too, I saw that you got your Olympic ring tattoo. Yes, I did. Did your mom get one with you as well? Yes, she did. So this story, this story behind it, when I was little, I told her that I I told them that I was going, I was going to go to Olympics. Like I was going to be there and I, I like, if I went there, I was going to get a tattoo. I've always been into tattoos. Like, I love them. So like, when I saw, like, most of Olympic athletes had the rings tattoo, I was like, I'm getting it. <laughs> like, if I go, I'm getting it. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> yeah. And my mom, she's not a big fan of tattoos, but she doesn't care. Like, at this point, like, I love tattoos and I'm going to get a lot of tattoos. So, like, at this point, she's like, okay, do whatever you want. But she's not a big fan of them. But she was like, okay, if you go, I'll get them with you. Like, I'm going to get them with you. And then when your brother goes, I'm going to get like a little thingy with her name or like with his name or like something to like both of you went to Olympics. Wait, so did, when did she promise this to you? Like when you were way younger and so you held it to her or like right before you went? No, no, no. Like like when I was little, like maybe I was 10. So you're, so you, you know, you're now, what, 19, 20? 19. And you're like, okay, I remember this from when I'm 10. So you ready to go get a tattoo? And she was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because oh, when, when Olympic trials happened and I did well on it, I was like, mom, if I go to Olympics, you know that you have to get your tattoo. And she was like, yeah, I know. And I'm going to get it. I told you that I was going to get it if you, if you win. So you're, if you go, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And my dad said the same thing. Like my, my dad is just like, he doesn't like pain at all. You touch him, it hurts. Like <laughs> he doesn't like pain. So like he's very scared of getting a tattoo or like whatever. So I told him like, dad, you have to do it too. He was like, no, I'm not doing it. And I was like, you promised that you were going to do it. And he was like, yeah, I know. I promise. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to have to do it. The weeks that I was in, in La Paz, he was working. So like he didn't have time during the week to go and get it. But my mom and I weren't together and got it. But yeah, she promised it and she kept her promise. And now hopefully if everything turns out good to the 2024, me and my brother are going to go to Olympics and she's going to have to get, she's going to have to get something Yeah, you guys are going to get your mom all tatted up after your Olympic careers. (laughs) I wanted to ask you too, so, you know, you're back on campus, you're back at UNC. What are you most excited for? It doesn't have to be athletically. Just what are you most excited for about being back on a college campus? I'm excited about the in-person classes. I know it could change at any point because we're still, like, learning about the pandemic, even though it's been, like, almost two years but uh I know it at any time could change to go online again but so far it's been so fun to be on campus like having to walk around campus and having to like go and see and I I think it's so much easier now <laughs> I'm gonna have to study harder than I did online but I 
feel like it's easier to pay attention in person because like you're forced to be in the classroom and you're forced to be like paying attention you're forced to be like there while yeah. online i used to like get in my class go to my friend's room go to like whatever place i didn't pay attention so now i'm learning and it's been so good like i'm so i'm excited for this whole semester hopefully it's gonna be all in person but so far it's been great i've i've met a lot of people in in my classes i'm in classes with my teammates so it's it's been great i i just love it really like i love it a lot and I think that's what I was more most excited about coming here, like coming back here, just like all in person and seeing people walking around campus and like seeing all these, how a college experience should be, you know, meeting people in your classes and stuff. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said about like the solidarity of misery of like when you're all together learning, it makes it easier. And two, you ha can have relationships with your professors and like they're more than just like on your screen. And it, there is just something to be said about on-campus classes. Plus, UNC, you get to walk through the beautiful campus, which always like makes your day better. So, so that's a plus. Another question I had for you too was about NIL. And now that you're fresh off the Olympics, and you're back at UNC and now, you know, you're allowed to use your name, image, and likeness. Has that presented opportunities to you? And, you know, has it been a positive thing? Does it, you know, does it help you? Yeah, it's, it's, I've had opportunities, like a lot of people reach out to me to like promote their products or like being sponsored by them. I, I'm still learning about all these new rules even though it's allowed there's a lot of little lines that you have to like pay attention to but I think it's so much helpful I think one of the reasons that they did it is because like not all athletes go to like professional so like they cannot make money while being an athlete you know like I think that's the reason one of the reasons that they made it possible so I think it's very good like I think it's great that they're allowing us to like use our image and like do whatever we want with it. I've had the opportunities and I'm still like learning about all these things that I have to like legal stuff because I don't want to lose my scholarship. But yeah. Yeah. Well, also fun fact too, I've been on the other side of it. I'm working with an organization. We're going to do pro bono work for student athletes. And some of the contracts that these companies are putting out there are a little concerning and so it's hard like if I were a year ago if I were looking at these contracts I would have no idea what they meant and some of the clauses in there are super unfair I would say to student athletes so to any student athlete listening to this and to you like go to compliance because they're happy to look it over and be like hey this means this and I know that the athletic department too is working with Carolina Legal Services who's working with some students at the law school and attorneys to, you know, help out athletes because it's, I think I'm, I'm very pro NIL and I think it's really helpful for the long-term college sport model and for athletes, like you said, that, you know, might not get the opportunity to go professional, but I think some companies are definitely taking advantage of athletes that probably don't have an agent or a lawyer to look at their contracts, so. We had like a little class about like all these things and we are like, they told us that we have a lot of resources to go to to them for read the all these like papers or like the legal stuff because like you don't know or like the words that they put on the contracts and you don't know what's gonna be like in the future maybe for now it's all like perfect but then in the future could affect you a lot so like we have a lot of help if we wanted to go to like if we got a sponsorship and we didn't know like if we're gonna affect us in the long term 
uh, we could go there and they were going to explain us all of those, all, all of those things. So like we, we have a lot of help on that. Yeah, that's so good. I feel like that is the most important thing. This has been amazing and want to give you the opportunity to add anything or, you know, say anything you want before we close it out. I want to say that I'm having a great time here at UNC and every person that is listening to to it maybe was here at UNC on it or is planning to come here is or is here right now. So like it's the best experience that you could have. It's so good. We are going to have so much fun. It's a great team if you are trying to be in the swimming and diving team. It's great. It's amazing and I've heard like all teams are are great. So yeah, I'm just having so much fun and thank you for having me and I would love to in the future be here again if if you're allow me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, congrats again on uh going to the Olympics and doing so well and thank you everyone to tuning in to this episode of Benched. This is Jules Mckia with our wonderful guest Arnza Vasquez. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Benched. If you liked this episode, share it with a friend, teammate, fellow athlete, or coach. New episodes of Benched come out the first Monday of every month. So follow or subscribe to us on whatever platform you use to stream so you can stay up to date with women changing the sports world. You can also follow uncut_ch on Instagram to access videos and memorable moments from each week's episode or visit uncutchapelhill.com if you are interested in sharing your story. Thanks again for listening. Let's keep changing the narrative and make sure women's sports don't ride the bench.